So just want to share a little message with you now. And um, before we get on to the message, uh, why don't you have a look at these images? I'm going to show you an image, and I want you to look and see what you see first, and then I'll ask you what you see, okay? So have a look at this first image. Put up your hand if you see a young lady looking away. Yeah, all right. Put up your hand if you see an older lady looking toward you. Yeah, just a few there. How many people can see both of them now? Oh, yes, yeah, some people can. Some people are still looking. All right, good. Here's another one. Tell me what you see first. Who can see the saxophone player? Oh, and some of them said, oh, yeah, no, okay. Um, how about those who can see uh, the face of a woman? How many people can see both of them now? Nice. Okay, one more. Uh, who can see the first thing they see is a silhouette of two people looking at one another? Yeah, lots of people can see that. Anyone see the dictator of sort of banisters, columns, uh, which you might see? Yeah, okay. Ray's still wondering if he can see anything there. Can you see anything there, Ray? Sorry, I should have bought my glasses. Okay, and then can, who can see both? Both the silhouettes, black silhouettes, and people looking, and then the columns there. Awesome. Nice. Uh, what I want to share with you in my question tonight is, what do you see when you look towards Jesus? Okay? What is it, the image that you see when you, you think of him? Uh, just as a simple illustration, consider how when we look to who Jesus is, it's a bit like looking at one of these optical illusions we've had on the screen. The more you know of him, the more that you realise you can't just create a simple image of him. And depending on the season or our culture or our own personality, knowledge and experiences, uh, it will depend on what we see in him first. So obviously at Christmas time, we celebrate and therefore picture the image of Jesus in the manger. Uh, this is a season to rejoice for God's miraculous gift given to all mankind. But there's so much more to understand and to know of Jesus than just the story of his birth. Even then, the story of his birth is so overwhelming a concept that in itself will keep you pondering and reflecting throughout the rest of the entire summer holidays. God's Son. Very God of very God is what one of the carols sing it like. And it means the entirety of that one true God comes and becomes fully human. Not first in the form of a mighty warrior or king of heaven, uh, not already as an adult in its prime, but begins the human journey just as you and I did. A helpless, defenseless, defenseless baby to relate to every element of life that we might go through. The true, one true God comes in his compact form to this little infant. I tried to have a look around for a, um, an optical illusion which might show you the baby in the manger and then you look again and you see uh, him on the cross or you might see Jesus uh, resurrected. Um, but I couldn't find one, and I'm glad I didn't, because I don't think there's a simple image or even a, a clever image which would ever show us all the elements of who Jesus Christ is. In fact, the only way I think you can really start getting to know him, picture him, and understand these different things is through this, the Holy Bible. And when you read through it, you have to read it again and again um, to find out a little bit more about him. You might read about the Gospel stories of when he was a baby and the Christmas stories. Or you might read again later on about when he grew up and he healed people. Consider this. If you're a parent, when your child is born, it's, it's simply beautiful. 
and you can adore them. But a newborn child isn't limited in their, is limited in their response to you. You can hold them, coax them to sleep sometimes, sing to them, but it's much more like a, a one-way relationship to begin with. Then they begin to respond to your voice. They make eye contact with you. They begin imitating the sounds they hear. Then they start speaking, crawling to you, giggling when you tickle them, walking to you and copying everything you do. They grow up with their own personalities, but every once in a while, they say or do something that makes you realise your influence on their lives. They grow up too quickly, and before you know it, they are their own individuals and independent. And, with God's blessing, you don't just have a son or a daughter, but you have a close, long-lifetime friend. This illustration of a child growing up isn't so much to do with Jesus' birth and life, his life in Galilee, but our growth as we get to know the Son of God and develop a relationship with him. We begin our faith in him a bit like an infant, a one-way relationship where he does all the work, and one where we need to learn to grow. If we keep longing to know Jesus, then we start responding to his call in us. Hopefully we start imitating him, and as we grow, we understand how he responds to us in a, a very personal way, like a parent who's not just a parent but a very close and good friend. He has created us with specific personalities, sometimes they need a bit of refining, and he continues to make himself known through our experiences, but mostly through his word. To get to know Jesus in his fullness, get to know him through his word. You won't be able to just read it once, as I said before, and gather all the knowledge about Jesus. You'll need to read it again and again and be amazed at what God reveals to you each time you read the story over again. The prophecy in Isaiah 9-6, that was uh, the verse we did with uh, the candle of peace. Uh, that uh, prophecy um, reveals the fullness of God in the Trinity. It's like um, Jesus, uh, it describes Jesus with the... Um, different names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. If you were here at uh, 10 o'clock this morning, you would have heard Alistair um, share about what those words might mean. Um, And I'm just going to do a little slant on that. I'm going to suggest that this doesn't just describe Jesus, but it describes the Trinity, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I'll read it to you. For a child is born to us, A son is given to us. That sounds like we're talking about Jesus. The government will rest on his shoulders. That's certainly future tense. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Some of these terms sound just a little bit strange alongside Jesus being known as the Son of God. And it's important to try and comprehend what that means. So the Wonderful Counselor, Uh, can also speak of God's Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Jesus told his disciples that when he ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit would come to be with them and to build a relationship that Jesus started between uh, mankind and God. It's also through the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is born. So that's why we celebrate Christmas, knowing that it's not just Jesus' Son, the Holy Spirit and Father working together. Then we have the term uh, Mighty God. This speaks of the Trinity as the one true God, all-powerful and yet focused on joining us with him. And there is only one true God, it's just three different identities that we can explain him through. And the term everlasting Father, that speaks of God the Father, who always was and always is. He created everything and therefore takes a genuine interest 
in both you and me. And the Prince of Peace, reminding us of Jesus Christ. Yet rather than seeing peace surround him, he was born in a time of turmoil, born in poverty. He was hunted down by authorities who wanted him dead as a child, persecuted and finally crucified by mankind. Yet this makes us realise that the peace that he brings is more than a ceasefire between nations, more than a treaty that lasts for a generation. He is the Prince of Peace because he brings reconciliation between God and humankind, which will bring a peace that we haven't experienced in our lifetimes yet. And just as we have these four names uh, in Isaiah for Jesus and our God, uh, tonight we've also got this part on the service where we've lit the four candles. And they represent four truths about the character of Jesus Christ. First, there's hope. No matter what challenges you have faced in life, you can place your hope in Jesus. This year I've seen the stories of so many in our community who have faced tragedy or illness or news or situations that make your heart plummet. And there's no answer I can give as to why God seems to intervene miraculously for one person but not for another. But I have seen the hope that these people have in Jesus Christ in their darkest hour. And while I can't tell you why they had to suffer, I can tell you why Jesus Christ suffered. Because of how much he loved you and me. And he longs for us to know that hope of eternal life. And then the candle of peace, that aspect of peace in Jesus. When you place your hope in Christ, you receive a peace that can only come from God. It's a peace that gets you through the heartaches. It's a peace that removes and overcomes the anger and hatred or offences that you may find in any given situation. And then we've got the candle of joy, and we think about joy in the Lord. And with this hope and peace comes an unexplainable joy. It's a result of the wonderful counsellor, the Holy Spirit, residing in us. It's not something that comes and goes depending on life situations. It's constant and true. And finally, we've got the candle of love. Okay, uh, And as the verse said, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. Love came down from heaven in the form of a man, Jesus Christ. Love is eternal, and so through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, we can also receive eternal life. So tomorrow, when it's Christmas Day, and we light the four Advent candles, we're also going to, at church, if, you, if you're ready to, come around at 9 a.m., and we're going to light the Christ candle in the middle too. So we've got a fifth candle, and that describes the unity of all these good things in Jesus Christ. You're welcome to come along at 9am tomorrow if you're awake at that time. Uh, but if you can't make it, try and find some time tomorrow where you might find some candles, light four of them, remembering the Advent candle, and then light one more to reflect or pray to Jesus, thanking him for the good things in your life, the things that um, he's been there for you each moment of the day. Because uh, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Lord, we come this Christmas Eve to celebrate you. And Lord, we come with uh, all the things which have happened during this year. And maybe there's things way back which we still cling on to and, and they might worry us, they might frustrate us, they might bring us joy, they might, um, they might just confuse us. And yet Lord, you're the Lord of all and you remove all confusion you remove things which are not good for us, uh, but you do ask that we put our trust in you. This Christmas time, Lord, 
Help us to see you even greater than we have in the past. And I pray too that if people ask us what it means Christmas time, that we can explain clearly of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.